Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sarah and welcome back to another episode of Talking Fast. I'm Sarah, obviously. I'm Manager Jacob. And that's Manager Jacob who just That was maybe the first time that I've introduced myself. That's true, actually. One of these days we gotta flip it up. That's okay. One of these days maybe I'll let you intro. Maybe season two. That'd be wild. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. (laughs) Um but with that, what are you drinking or eating this week? Okay, Sarah, uh a couple weeks ago I went up to a cottage. Now this is a little bit niche, but we're gonna go broad after I say what it is. If anyone has ever been up to kind of like Ontario Cottage Country, up Highway, <laughs> highway 400 and then 11, you've probably been to Weber's. They to also get a have hamburger. a Weber's at Budweiser Stage. Do they really? Yeah, they have Weber's at Budweiser Stage. It's with Bud and Burgers. It's Weber's no. Burgers. Yes, they do. How do I not know this? I don't know, but I'm telling you right okay, now. Okay, first of all, I was going to give a, sh- a shout out to Weber's because they've really upped their collab game, which clearly makes sense that they have a Budweiser Stage yeah. thing going on because... I went and got a chocolate milkshake, which is one of the best things you can get there. And it was served in a Pepsi cup. First of all, delicious. And I haven't really had milkshakes this summer. So I think milkshakes is going to be my new thing. I had a really good chocolate milkshake at Maddie's Patties. Arguably one of the best ones I've ever had. Oh. Also, side note, do you want to know where the actual best chocolate milkshakes are? Tell me. Harvey's. Whoa. It's in, it's so random. That's a, it that's is a, so random. When I was in high school, I used to drive to the Harvey's in Port Hope which is like a town over. Yeah. So I could just go to get a chocolate milkshake from Harvey's. I don't know what it is, but the milkshake. Are they thick? They're like, no, perfect consistency. Oh, okay. And That's it's like whatever is. ice cream they use, it's like crack. It's so good. It's amazing. The collab shout out for Weber's was that they served in Pepsi cups now. They sold a cup sponsorship, so good for them. 
Is that like actually, or is it just that they serve Pepsi? I'm almost Pepsi? almost guaranteed they did. Yeah. Really, I've never so, been to Weber's because I've never been to a Muskoka Cottage before. Oh, well, you're so. gonna have to go up to the, the good fun retreat cottage. I, absolutely, <laughs> I already have been bothering you since before you broke ground. That right now, it's just a foundation, so there's not much. If I'm uh, one of the first people sitting in your sunken couch, then I don't want it. <laughs> uh, what about you? What are you drinking or eating? I'm drinking. I found my iced coffee like order of the summer. Cause I oh. always, yeah. So, you know, like a few, I must have been like 10 episodes now. I was like, I need to figure out my perfect iced coffee order. I didn't love oat milk in my iced coffee because it feels too heavy. Mm-hmm. I figured out that almond milk is my milk of choice. And then I get two pumps of sugar-free vanilla from okay. Starbucks. So that subs out the four pumps of the regular sugar that they put in. And yeah, that's just, it's my new order. So I get a grande iced coffee with almond milk and two pumps of sugar-free vanilla. And Do it's you go perfect. Like heavy ice, light ice or anything like that? I don't change the ice. So whatever they're okay, feeling like regular. giving me, that's just kind of what I live with. That's huge. I feel like I've been in uh, a, a lost, a lost boy in the world of iced coffee this summer. Yeah. It's you're kind of all over the place. Subpar and all over the place. It's like, yeah. do I get an iced latte? Do I get an Americano? What happens? Yeah. I know. These are the issues that we have. <laughs> really, really big issues. What about watching or reading this week? What are you watching or reading? I am deep, deep in my Vanderpump Rules era. Oh, you've continued. Yeah, and so I kind of stopped. Okay. Right? So like I watched, I got hooked with Scandal. So I watched season 10. And I knew enough about the people that I was like, I can watch this and understand. And also Bravo does a great job at like flashing back. So if they go, well, you once cheated on this person, Bravo will be like, this 2011 clip. Previous came, seasons. Yeah, like from like season one. Okay, so that's like, huge. So like li- they're like different humans. It's actually kind of sad. They can't ever say something because then they can always pull it back. But so I watched season 10 because I want to watch all the Scandal stuff. And then I was like, well, I need to know who all these people are. I need like the backstory. I need to really understand the betrayal that happened yeah. here. So I started watching and I was like kind of watching the background. But now I'm all in. I think when I go on my nine hour flight to Budapest, it is like all I'm going to download for the flight and just watch hours and hours. Because they're hour long episodes. Like they're not short. That always blows my mind. That they're an hour. And there's like 20 of them a season. Like they're long seasons and there's hour long episodes. You're to just like keep flying around the world. I know. (laughs) (laughs) My miles and my VPR seasons go up at the same time. So I just, I'm on season three now and it is the best reality television I've ever watched. It's, it's early enough seasons where they're not famous yet and they're not making any money. So they just act like imbeciles when... Really, you can tell like, like later seasons, they start to care about like their image that was and like all that crime stuff. Crime season one, Jersey Shore. Exactly. When they don't know that they're going to get famous. Yeah. Yeah. Same idea. So, what are you watching? Uh, okay. Do you have a feel good movie? Um, yes. Something I you always turn, turn on Letters to Juliet. That's my feel good movie. Okay. So, for me, it's Happy Gilmore. <gasps> That's like, a good choice. I like watching it in warmer weather, kind of around summer. Do you golf? No. Okay. <laughs> you know what, though? He I have a set really of clubs. Either, so. I have a set of clubs. We should go. Should we go golfing? Range. Should we just like do business deals one day? <laughs> take it, take it in. Just do deals on the. That's what. That's where all the best deals get made. That's what they told me in school that I need to learn how to golf I as know. a woman because that's where I was going to do my networking. You know what's wild? It's like people talk about uh, quicksand that like kind of got overhyped as kids. I feel like golf is another one that like all deals you'd ever do would be on the golf course. Yeah, which is like never. I haven't done one yet, but. Okay, so next time we have like a, a big email come, through, we should just, just like go not to- reply. <laughs> We'll go to the golf course and see if we get can get a couple it out. cigars and figure it out. Yeah, Happy Gilmore is my my kind of feel good movie, and that's what I've been watching. I watch it this week. What are you listening to this okay, week? Okay, I must be in a little bit of a throwback mood. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I stumbled upon this, but <laughs> you know what? It might have been because of Barbie. She doesn't have a song featured in Barbie, but she probably could have. I'm in, I've been listening to old Katy Perry, which are bangers. She Huge was like bangers. the pop princess at like one point. Like Teenage Dream era. 
like Libby is going to be so happy we're having this conversation. Libby's who was here when we did the recap of the Eras tour. Right. She is a Katie. They're called Katie Cats, but, <laughs> but she's a Katy Perry fan through and through. Her and I were going to go to Vegas to her residency, but then she got pregnant with Max. Yeah. So we like we never went, but like she is like a diehard Katy Perry fan, and she like puts on a great show. I saw the Teenage Dream tour at its peak in like 2011 when I was 15 years old. You know what? I would. I think I haven't. I've never seen her live. I think that would be one show that I would. I would. She was unbelievable. She like, floats on a cupcake through the sky. All these things. Uh, Katy Perry, if you're listening, we'll release some new music. Yeah, I think she did like a couple of years ago. Did she not? I mean, like in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> you're like I'm on a Katy grind. <laughs> also, right now. random Katy Perry sidebar, but and I, I'm not going to tell the whole story. But Katy Perry once watched a movie with a photo of me in my university days at a party holding a red cup in it. What, what movie is it? Why are you in a photo? Uh, do you know the <laughs> Gigi Gorgeous doc? Yes. Oh, you're. Oh, so you're in it. <laughs> I'm in it. And Katy Perry watched the Gigi Gorgeous doc. Yeah, and then it was posted to Facebook, and I had no idea that it was real. The doc was really a thing, and then it came out, and then I got tagged in this photo, and it was just like <laughs> Katy Perry looking at me with like kind of long hair and a red coat, <laughs> and I was like, "This well, is unrecognizable. A weird, it's a weird situation. <laughs> Random." Uh, what about you? What are you listening to? Uh, I've been listening to, okay, so my two favorite things in the world collided. Smartless, the podcast, mm-hmm. and Greta Gerwig. Oh, how? Oh. Like, she's a guest on Smartless. They <laughs> <laughs> didn't, like, come I up with a new podcast. I walked into that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, I've also just been listening to a lot more Smartless. Their guests now have been incredible recently. Um, it's, like, my go-to podcast, other than this one. Of course. Um, but yeah, Greta Gerwig on, and anything Greta's been doing. Like she's been doing a ton of podcasts, a ton of promo, obviously because of Barbie. She's so cool. But she's so cool. I was saying to Haley, it doesn't feel like she's American. The fact that she's not British is astonishing to me. Like I feel like she's yeah. she should be from like London. Like not Sacramento. What if she's or just, even New York? What if like, she's it's a role of a lifetime. She's just been putting on an accent this whole time. That would be incredible. And then she should have kept the per acting career. But a good episode? Yeah, really great. I just love anything she does. Um I literally texted Haley thinking like I would give Greta my kidney. <laughs> <laughs> Our next guest Instagram bio says it all. She builds cool things with cool people in your favorite sneakers. She's a creative who merges her background in the startup and tech space with her love of fashion and streetwear. She's a partner at Counterculture, one of the top creative influencer agencies in Canada, working with brands on strategies as well as managing some of the top creators on the internet. There's so much more I'm missing. Her resume is literally 90 pages long, but needless to say, we're so lucky she was able to fit an episode of Talking Fast into her busy schedule. Fresh off a plane from Los Angeles, please welcome Katherine Johnson, also known as KJ, because I will not call you by your full name this entire episode. <laughs> Hi, welcome. Thank you so much. That was such a nice file. Well, I mean, also <laughs> half of it came from your website. So. <laughs> you said nice things I, about yourself. I was like reading them. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, oh, I know, they're tough. Bios are the hardest thing to write, which is why I make Jacob write all of mine. <laughs> But also defaulting to just like the at of the company, especially if you have a ton of different things going on, is sometimes the easiest too. That's that's my default as well. So I just named some of the things you do, but I want to know like where it all started because you're just a girl from Calgary. I am. And you now find yourself in the creator space, like 
brand marketing space, sneaker space, startup space, conference space as well. How did that all start and how have you come to have 90 different jobs? <laughs> God, it's so true. 92. It feels like 92. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's so funny. I mean, I grew up in Calgary and I feel like I kind of, my dad was in tech and so I felt like I kind of grew up with like the black sheep side of Calgary because it's a very much oil and true. gas yeah. town. Oh, yeah. And I felt really fortunate to be exposed to just like another vertical or yeah, industry. That's true. And so I actually was like in university, I was managing Aritzia. I had like a bit of an Instagram. My mom was a flight attendant, so I had flight passes and I was always like taking a long weekend when I could to go mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, my dad was actually speaking at a conference in Miami. I went there on reading week or reading break mm -hmm. and the guy throwing this conference the girl that was doing his registration didn't show up and my dad called me and he was like, hey, can you bring my iPad? I left it at the hotel, can you bring it over here? And I'm like, I'm at the pool. Like, <laughs> and he's like, get over here. So I go and he goes, oh, my friend Phil's registration girl didn't show up, do you mind helping? Oh, he trapped you. And I was like, <laughs> fine. And I scanned badges like all day at this conference. I think I was like 18. And at the end I'm chatting with this guy Phil and he goes, you know, we're kind of talking and he goes, what are, you, what are you studying and what are you doing this summer? And I said, you know, I don't know. I, I work at Rutsiana. I'm like, and, um, he's like, I, I'm, I'm running this thing called Startup Fest in Montreal. It's kind of, you know, I'm a big part of building out the startup community there and I, I could use some help growing it. Do you want to move to Montreal for the summer and, and help me? He's like, I just, you know, I, I, what I need help with, I hire based on personality and right. you're great all day oh, and wow. I'd love to have you help me. And I thought, gosh, I think I had an ex-boyfriend at the time and I was like, I couldn't possibly leave him. <laughs> like, I could never. So I stewed on it and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. So I went to Montreal that summer and I did everything from like walking his dog to sitting in on meetings with Apple. Like it was just oh incredible. And while I was there, we came up with the idea for the Elevator World Tour. We were doing really unique pitch competitions and this was like, I just turned 30. So this was 12 years ago. And it was kind of pre-Shark Tank, like pre a lot mm -hmm. of that stuff. And we were like, well, where could we do more unique elevator pitches? And Startup Fest at that point was about 300 people maybe. Mm -hmm. And we had got some, some excitement from Google and Microsoft on going to the most impressive startup cities in the world and finding really impressive towers, picking 100 startups, bringing in angel investors who would each kick in 10K to do 100K investment and running these programs. And I thought, Oh my God, well, I can't miss this. So I kind of did most of my university remote going back and oh, forth wow. to Montreal. And we ran the Elevator World Tour. We did Hong Kong. Um, we did the ICC in Hong Kong, the Azrieli Tower in Tel Aviv. Um, we actually did the CN Tower. Nora, who was the CEO of Majuri, won our Toronto event oh, when amazing. I was 19. Yeah, so Majuri was the company there. And it was awesome because I was just so fortunate to be around the incredible like North American startup scene mm -hmm. of accelerators and venture capital and also getting to bridge the gap for a lot of my friends who were like, what even really is that? And I'd be like, well, have you heard of Majuri or have you heard of Frank and Oak or have mm -hmm. you heard of Shopify? Like all these companies that you actually interact with every day, like those are amazing Canadian companies. Yeah. Um, and so then I spent the next 10 years leading marketing and partnerships across all of our conferences. Um, Startup Fest grew to be, you know, about just shy of 10,000 pre-pandemic. Wow. Um, and then we launched the leading digital government conference called Forward 50, where we bring in the biggest tech companies globally in the 11 most digital nations and basically teach the governments how to leverage technology to be more digitally savvy. And 
I still actually lead partnerships and support in a lot of the initiatives yeah. for all of those. But a couple years ago, I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta do, I gotta do nine other things. So yeah. This all started because your dad made you leave the pool. hundred percent. That's so crazy. So funny. And so I get messages often, as I'm sure you do, of people being like, how do I, whatever. Like, and I just always say, I'm like, just put yourself out there mm-hmm. and yeah. say yes to things and volunteer at things and introduce yourself to people and yeah. treat everyone really well. Like you just don't know. Every single opportunity I have had has come from an introduction that was random through social media or someone I met somewhere. And I feel like that's way more common in the creative industries in tech to hire off mm-hmm. of like Future. personality as opposed to something that maybe is more traditional like oil and gas or something like that, right? Yeah. I tell people all the time, even when we're hiring, I'm like, I can teach you most of what okay, we're Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Because like, have, have there been, as you've grown over the last several years, have you had like a badge person moment where you're bringing somewhere, someone under your wing? 100%. Like... I will meet someone and I'll be like, we've had volunteers at some of our events where I'm just like, this person has such a good attitude. Mm -hmm. I see how they interact with people and they're super friendly and they make people feel seen. I'm like, I can't teach you that. Yeah. Like, I can teach you most things that we do in our daily life. I don't need you to Well, because like you had to learn it yourself. Yeah. But I just can't teach you how to like work well with others or have that social awareness or stuff like that. So absolutely. And now I'm always like, I care way more about that. Like when I yeah. see someone that like works really hard or is, you know, is always kind of putting themselves out there or will like be consistent in their mm-hmm. messaging and stuff, I'm like, I see you. I feel like that's so valuable, especially when it comes to events and live productions and whatnot as well as you kind of have, no matter what your title says on LinkedIn, like you have to wear a ton of different hats to be problem solving. I mean, yes. we've done that with just smaller scale events too, <laughs> bar nights, right? But like... Our two weeknight events that we just decide to run two weeks before, and then we, that's what we do. Everything we're you, like, we'll get yeah, it done. Yeah, but like you. Okay, so that's that's. I feel like that's maybe a common thread here is like thriving under those pressure-filled situations. We that's where the them. fun is. That that's where the fun comes totally. as well. And I always say too, like you have to check your ego at the door. Like yeah. when I'm still producing Startup Fest, like I lead partnerships mostly. Like I write the checks that make this happen. I will pick up garbage. I yeah. Will, yeah. I'm the one getting bottles of champagne for our grandmother judges. I'm like, get these women. I am poor. Yeah. Like, yeah. If there are cases of beer to be moved, I'm oh, grabbing so those. Jacob's <laughs> picking up the wake water. Yeah, or exactly. like, I'm going to grab the signage. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I always say Phil, who's the founder of Startup Fest, him and I, like when you're first day event vibes, you will always catch Phil and I at registration. Good morning. Yeah. How are we? Exactly. Yeah. Coffee? How are we doing? Like, we're about nothing around here like let's get in there but it's so true like I feel like it takes a certain type of person you guys definitely check that box of being able to be like yeah we got to step in here we're doing it yeah is that a through line through the other companies then that you that you are involved with too is that the same kind of vibe that you try to bring to no matter what you're working in I think yes but I'm learning a lot right now about having always worked in a startup environment. Mm-hmm. I actually say, like, Aritzia is obviously from the West, so I kind of grew up working in Aritzia's, and as we know, there's some mixed reviews of what that experience can be like. Right. However, what I will give them is they're incredibly operationally proficient. There's like mm-hmm. a, a procedure and a book and an operation for everything. And as I now, we scale our team at the agency, or as I'm starting to build out my startup, I realize that there's a fine line between being like, everybody wears different hats and everybody does everything, and also creating some type of structure for mm-hmm. people to properly thrive. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like what 
you know, I, there are points where I've wished that I was like, oh, maybe I wish I went and took a couple years at Microsoft or something just for the structure, the structure and the experience Mm -hmm. in a place like that. Um, because I think it is a a balance and I also Mm -hmm. don't like to glorify to people. I'm always available and I can do everything and you should do that way too. I'm like, you know, there needs to be a balance. So I try to not glorify that as the thin red thread, even though it is for me personally. Yeah. All the time. I feel like that's sometimes the the backlash that startups get is, yeah. is like being too lax. It's like there's a scale and I feel like the most successful ones are the ones that end up having sorry, Izzy. I feel like the most successful ones are the ones that do end up having like a little yeah, a little bit more structure, a little bit not like we're not going total corporate America, but we're bringing a little bit of the things that work into that structure yeah so how did you find yourself working in with creators and with brands with a digital agency as well yeah so I had launched some city guides in my early 20s Mm -hmm. just because I was traveling a lot and people kept asking me and so I had these city guides and the thin red thread there was really my sneakers I was always in sneakers my brother was a big sneaker head and so that's kind of how I got into it and I was still living in Calgary, kind of between Calgary and Montreal. I had an ex-boyfriend that was kind of keeping me in Calgary a little long. <laughs> and um, my now business partners on the agency had started Counterculture in like 2016 mm-hmm. in Toronto. Um, oh, when wow. really there wasn't a ton of stuff happening. Brands were trying to figure it mm-hmm. out. And yeah. Ash led consumer marketing at LG. And Tara okay. had worked in traditional like beauty PR. And they were just finding that the agencies they were working with on the flip side on the brand side were not really getting it. And so they were kind of like nights and weekends running campaigns quietly for brands. And they were working with Campari Group and they needed someone in Calgary. And Ash and I had followed each other on Instagram because of sneakers. And I got a DM from my now business partner. And he's like, hey, I'm running a campaign with Sky Vodka and they want someone in Calgary. Can we get on a phone call? Like, who is this guy? <laughs> and we got on a phone call, and I ended up doing this campaign with Sky Vodka. I ended up flying to San Francisco. It was amazing. And I was starting to spend more time in Toronto, and I was hanging out with them a lot mm-hmm. when I would be there. And I was really selective on, you know, because I had a full-time job, and as you know, you get to kind of be selective on the brands and the partnerships you want to take. I was really trying to just work in the sneaker space because I was like, this is what's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And... Um, a couple years had gone by and I had, you know, some interesting job offers to maybe go into bigger tech and it just, there was something I wanted to explore a little more lifestyle, fashion, mm-hmm. media. And I had gotten Ash actually out of his job at LG to work for a startup in Montreal. Oh, wow. Um, I was kind of seeing the founder at the time and <laughs> it was a mixed friends and business a lot around yeah. here. But um, he ended up, we kind of both hit this point where we were like, what are we going to do? You know, we kind of want to build our own things. Mm-hmm. And so we said, well, let's go into the agency together. Let's, you know, work on some interesting projects together. And then we can also leverage that team that we have to work on some of our owned projects that we want to build out like our own companies. But we'll learn a lot through, you know, helping other companies get to where they want to be. And so that's how I ended up in in Counterculture with my two business partners who are two of my best friends. and. Yeah, it was just really organic. And that's why when people ask me, mm-hmm. like, how did you I'm always like, you know, I wish there was some formula of like I, I applied mm-hmm. to X program or but to me it was really just like I'm a big yes man. If somebody's like, yeah. Do you wanna go to dinner? I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's go to dinner. Like Do you wanna come on my podcast? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like I just believe I'm like, for sure we're gonna end up doing something yeah. for Calum and Ace or something yeah, and exactly. with women in sneakers. Like I just I'm a big like 
give more than you take type person. And I feel like when you do that, opportunities just open up. Yeah, of course. So I wanted to pick your brain about the name to counterculture because I, as someone who also is a manager in the space, mm-hmm. there are, I don't, I'm not going to name any names, but there's like a definite line that's drawn between people who are kind of pushing the business forward and people who are maybe still pushing quote unquote influencers. And then sidebar, one thing that like was a check when I first met Sarah is she cringed at being self-described as an influencer. She's like, I don't want to do that. I I want to be a storyteller. I'm someone who is producing like quality content that I... I actually said, don't call me an influencer. I'm kidding. Yeah, well, that was was kind of it. I was like, just never refer to me as an influencer. And that's what kind of sold me on it. So I wanted to get your opinion as well. Okay, is that kind of the same ethos? And where where are your thoughts on how to run a company in this space? I love this question because I'm so aligned with Sarah. I'm, I say there's two types of people on the internet. There's people who create content to post online and there's people who live their life and create content around that to post online. Yeah. And I could have said that more eloquently, but I just feel as though some of the most influential people in my life, the people that mm-hmm. I am like, where'd you get your smutter from? Or mm-hmm. They don't even have social media presences. And yeah. so... I think it's completely naive to call everyone on the internet an influencer who Doesn't has some mean you level have influence. Yeah, yeah, and every mm-hmm. you know, we have three aspects to counterculture. We have an influencer roster that we only call that for SEO at yeah, times exactly. yes. on the website, and you also know? because that's what like the agencies refer yeah. to as. Like, so it's totally. just like it's it's, it's, it's got different. You bridge like, the gap a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> to bridge the gap, we but, have to. <laughs> you know, everyone that we work with is an interesting person mm-hmm. that has a life and presence that they just happen to share. Like one of our, you know, probably busiest creators is Liz Beecroft. She's a licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist based in New York. Her clients are athletes and entertainers. And she just has created a community online around bridging the gap between mental health and sports. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And so for us, we are all about meaningful storytelling. We consult with a lot of brands. We even ghostwrite for a lot of, you know, big brands who don't want to admit that they're working with another agency and doing so we'll white label our work and consult with them on, look, if you guys actually want to do something meaningful, don't write a $30,000 check to X person. Like you need to do culturally relevant programming in communities. And so often we'll see brands partner with a creator where I'm like, okay, well that brand definitely didn't know the reputation that this creator has in their community. Yeah. And it's such a mess. I mean, Sarah and I have had these conversations <laughs> yes. offline often. And I- well, it comes down to like, again, not going to name any names, but there name are opportunities <laughs> there, there are opportunities that come through sometimes with agencies that'll be like uh, the negotiation on that side ends up being, oh, it's it comes down to dollars and we have X amount for each individual person. Yep. And I'm like, I balk at that because I'm like, well, you're not considering who you're working with at all in that case. And you could probably spend less money. I'm like, I don't want to give them that information, right? But like, you could probably spend less money and get way more impactful of a campaign if you're approaching it from a different side. So like, is, you're talking, we were talking about like uh, ghostwriting for different agents or um, partners. Is that a hard, in your line of work, is that a hard, or your experience, is that a hard conversation to have to sell someone on that? Or do they more so come to you because they know that you guys are so good at it? I think 
my business partners have done a really good job of forging a lot of long-term relationships in mm-hmm. on both brand and agency side and we are known for being super honest like we have turned down dollars that were big because we don't align with that brand's vision whether it's on you know social issues or something else Mm -hmm. we just won't compromise especially because we won't put creators in that position either like we have worked with a brand in the past that we saw started funding some initiatives that we were not okay with we said, you know, I'm not going to rope in 25-year-olds to promote this not knowing that the money on the back end is going to fund X campaign yeah. that I'm yeah. not okay with happening in the U.S. And so we, I actually think that sometimes that's been hard for us. We've turned down, you know, six-figure opportunities. Yeah. that those are never are like, easy. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, but I do think it pays off in the end. And, you know, we also will sometimes work with brands where they will be micromanaging the campaign far too much yeah and i will say okay i mean if if you guys want us to just execute for you that's fine but like we're not we will never use this as a case Mm -hmm. study we will never this is not how we would do it and i want to advise your team or sometimes you just go like okay this is the going rate for an actor actor go hire an actor to read your script all the time exactly 100 all the time and especially because we it's interesting because we play both sides like we'll execute campaigns where we'll reach out to creators and, oh, but then you also like, but then we also the rep crit. creators yeah. so we really see both and mm-hmm. I get it like I've had to reach out to agencies before or teams I feel like we've even reached out to Sarah on a campaign and I'm like look guys I really this is my ceiling on a budget like I really don't have it we have a you know Canadian indie brand or something that's trying to grow mm-hmm. this is the story I want to get you excited about and I'm always like we don't undercut creators because we are creators on the flip side mm-hmm. yeah which is wild like and that whether it happens or not that I, I on my side i appreciate that conversation way a hundred percent and if we couldn't make it happen one time it's like okay the next time you appreciate oh they're coming to the conversation and from an honest place yeah that's the type of person that i want to build a relationship with Literally. and maybe the bigger budget comes around later on totally and, and oftentimes so, it does it does and i always say too to like our creators on the flip side i always tell our coordinators to be really bullish on the brief that you're given, I'm like, you selected this person because they know what resonates with their audience. Yeah. Like, why would I come to them and be like, well, I know Sarah makes these types of videos, but today I want her to just stand with her audience. Do a transition. My favorite thing is yeah. just like, uh, my line is just that Sarah doesn't do trends. Yeah. She's like, we, we <laughs> no. don't do that. Do you I think create them. Do a, uh, do you ever do dances? I don't yeah, think I know. Nothing, nothing I can't like that. dance. But, <laughs> I just need to give an aside that I love that you two are just like staring to each other's eyes, like geeking out of our management <laughs> right now. It's just hilarious. Like you guys are just like going like, it's like oh, when yeah, Jacqueline yeah. and I were talking about like concerts yeah, and our fangirling yeah, 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 selves yeah. and it's just like yeah. watching you two yeah. be like, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah so hype, hype. Okay, <laughs> but I also did want to get into that. I don't know what you would call it, an offshoot, a side part of counterculture, but make that guap. Yes. Which is cohort-based learning for creators. Is that a fair way to say it? Yeah. So basically what we did was we were getting inundated with creators that wanted to sign with the agency. And candidly, like we're not signing people. We have a really small team intentionally Mm -hmm. because we have other ambitions that we're trying to work on. We don't want to have a 25-person agency. And so we thought a lot of these creators also don't need to give away a percentage of their business. They just need the information. They just need the information. And we will share like great PR contacts. We'll share how to tweak your email. We're also really candid that a lot of people think if you sign with an agency, suddenly you're gonna get 80% of your deals coming from an agency. 
It's a lie. Any creators who've ever sat down with me, my coordinators will sit in the call sometimes. They're like, I can't believe you said that. I'm like, I would rather under promise and over deliver, quite frankly. Like I will sit with a creator and be like, if you think that you're gonna sign with us and suddenly you're gonna get 10X the deals you're getting, you're wrong. I can get you on the right people's radars. I can give you my opinion on what you're doing. We can brainstorm together. You always have a team in us. But like at the end of the day, that's just not how this industry works. Yeah. Although there are people who are like, oh, it'll, it'll, your deals will go nuts. I literally nuts. have been getting emails but it's about also that like a, over the past few months. Yeah, I forward to Jacob and then he shuts them all down. And then the contract yeah. comes through and it's like a three-year exclusive relationship no, where you I, can't leave. No, I mean the people and, that are like agencies. No, that's what I'm talking like, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Signed to an agency in. and you can't do anything. And then, then no. you're a number of like in a thousand Creators. What you have to do is you have to be like me and you lock them in with a podcast where I get like, <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah, and then like, Jacob can't leave me. He's never going to leave. Over. See, this is strategic. And I say too, like, we don't, we have no clause in our contracts that say people can't leave. Creators can leave anytime they I'm want. I'm entirely non-exclusive as well. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. Why would I want to trap you here? And so with Guap, it's super simple. We're like, you get full access to our team on Slack, on demand. We do lunch and learns, and we bring in creators, and we oh, bring in brand that. partners, and that's it. And you can just, what I find is really cute about it is, like Tara and I, Tara and I are in there all the time, our coordinators are in there, mm-hmm. but people kind of answer their own questions. Like there'll be a great creator from Vancouver and just talking to someone from New York, and they're like, oh, I love you that. know, I got noticed by Merit for doing XYZ, I'm gonna try it, or, I found if I make sure that my city's in my bio, I've seen this happening. Like it's kind of a self-fulfilling community. Yeah, it's and then created we just its own little add in. I love that. Yeah. So it's it's fun. And we say guap, you know, make that make that guap. Make that guap. <laughs> I'm really about um you know, I always say it's about scaling community and then deciding yeah. how you want to leverage that. And brand deals as we know are are just it's fleeting. Yeah. And so how can you take a community and find creative ways to monetize it? and grow it in a sustainable way. And so that's really what we want to do. Like, it sounds altruistic, but we just genuinely are like, our creator house is not what makes us the most money. And so, like, I'm going to give you my honest opinion because I don't care if you take this deal. It's not paying anyone's salary here. Like, exactly. And so I think that's kind of the advantage of how we've structured it. With all the things you do, because we've touched on so many, where is, like, the crossover of skills from, like, the startup world and then, like, being in, like, the marketing creator space? Like, what's, like, the one skill that has allowed you to be able to do all of it successfully? I think storytelling. I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, leading strategic partnerships and business development has been kind of the thin red thread for me. Um, And so being able to, I always call it, like, staging a house. You know, I want to paint the vision for brands of what they could do. We do a lot of fractional CMO work for brands where we help drive user acquisition and growth for direct to consumer companies. Um, I feel that even with our creators, it's like, how can I tell stories that Mm -hmm. build community? And so I think that that's what it's been for me. And on top of that, relationships, like just building meaningful relationships with people and authentic relationships as overdone as that Mm -hmm. sounds like getting to know people and listening to them and I think that's where my overlap has been and I've just felt fortunate to be able to work in verticals that I'm really excited about because of that um but I definitely say all the time I'm like yeah I could definitely like quit doing 92 jobs get one job make more money probably enjoy (laughs) it less but like you know. Where's the fun in that? There's where's like the as fun? someone that loves to do a lot of things. Like the chaos is what makes it keeps so it fresh true. and entertaining. Like when I don't have a million things to do, I go, like what's the reason? I was what's gonna the say purpose? when I yeah. was traveling, it was just three weeks in Europe, but I was like, 
I was working the whole time and I got a little on edge when I couldn't answer emails and like yeah. get things moving along. You know, it's nice to travel, but also it's nice to, to make that dough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of guap, I, I just send, uh, my, I send my clients just bread emojis. That's my love. Yeah. yeah. Well, look at his phone case. Well, yeah, I got the, uh, I got my show deal me phone the money too. from so yeah. fitting. So with everything you're doing, what is next for Beachy KJ? I think right now I'm really excited about the relaunch of Common Ace. I'm working on a women's affiliate sneaker marketplace. It's so cool. Thank you. And actually, it's partly because as someone who's been in the sneaker space for a while, I understand that it can feel kind of exclusionary. Mm -hmm. And I have so many amazing women in my life, or I get so many DMs that are like, what's a cool pair of sneakers that I can wear to work? Or mm -hmm. I started dating this guy, and I want a pair of shoes that are cool. And I'm always like, if you like it, it's cool. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm working on this hyper curated marketplace for women that maybe don't know the difference between a Jordan and a Dunk, but you yeah. don't have to, to want a cool pair of sneakers. And so I love that. It's so intimidating going into, is it called Flight Club? Is that it? Yeah. I went in New York with my best friend Haley because she wanted a pair of Dunks, me not knowing any. I go, these ones? She goes, no, we're going for a specific <laughs> pair. And they have the wrapping all around oh, them. Yeah. And you have to like, they go to the back and you have to wear gloves to put on the shoe and all yes. this stuff. And I was like, this feels like an episode of Black Mirror. Like it feels totally. like a little too like intense and intimidating, but yeah, I love that. And it's not super like, there were a few stores that I felt really made it more inviting for me. There were mm -hmm. these guys that started something called Round Two. Yeah, years yeah, ago. yeah. Yeah, Chris and Sean Witherspoon, who's now obviously really popped off. And you would go into their stores where they were doing like great um, curated vintage and sneakers. Oh, cool. And they were so nice. Like everyone in there was just so nice. And they're like, hey, what are you looking for? Let me tell you how it's broken down. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. I was like, why would I ever want to create an environment where people are like, am I allowed to be here? Like, do yeah. you want me to leave? And so I always say, if the people like deep in sneakers are kind of like rolling their eyes being like, Ugh, KJ, what are you doing making this accessible? I will have failed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am here to be like, yeah, I want the... Aritzia girls knowing where they can get something other yes. than a samba yeah. that's going to look great. That's so true. So that's what I'm excited to be working on in the next little while for sure. I that's love so it. Exciting. Well, thank you so much for coming on Talking Fast. Thanks. Um, every episode, our guest gets to have a moment to either plug yourself, leave some wisdom, whatever you want, and you can do it into your camera, which is right there. I love this. Okay, well, first of all, thank you guys so much for having no me. Problem. I love both of you on the internet, so it's exciting to get to meet <laughs> you in real life. I think I would just like to encourage everyone to build cool things with smart people. It makes your days very enjoyable around here. And definitely follow Common Ace if you would like to get yourself in some cool sneakers. I know I would like to. So my sneakers we are have destroyed. We have to do a Sarah Jenkins edit. I would love that. 100%. I would... We'll Die. give you 25 to choose from. You land yes. on my eyes. I love that. Yeah. Like, I would do a transition for, I would do, do a, I would do a transition for you for Common <laughs> I would be honored. But that's what I want. Like, I want it to be just like people. I'm like, it's not that serious, guys. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. People, Like, not like you'd be so embarrassed. Like, people ask me where my New Balance is. They're like, what New Balance is this? And I, every single time, I have to go to my receipt. Look at look or, look at, <laughs> or look at my tag on my sneaker to be like, what number are these? Yeah. I have no idea. No, I love it. I, it's so funny. I'll, like, meet someone and they'll be like, oh, my God, like, don't look at my shoes. Or do you want to talk about shoes? Or I'm <laughs> Talk about shoes like As 1%. If you, the first thing you do is like look at someone's shoe and go, oh, oh, <laughs> I'm out. I'm like, oh my God. That is so funny. Yeah. <laughs>
Welcome back to our voicemail segment where every single week we answer questions, we give advice, or at least we attempt to. As a reminder, if you have a question that's burning and you're listening and you're like, oh, I just want to ask them this question, you can ask us on the Talking Fast Show Instagram or email us at talkingfastshow at gmail.com. We haven't gotten an email in a while and that makes me sad. So maybe send us an email. Jacob, are you ready for voicemail? I'm ready. First question is, do you have any plans continuing to run after your half marathon and I threw in this marathon? This, this is year. an easy one for me. I mean, you've already done it. <laughs> I, I've continued, but I always say like the training is really uh, what I look forward to, even though it's kind of like where you suffer the most. And then the race day is just kind of the celebration of everything you've done leading up to that. And I think that with that in mind, and it's cheesy, but like the finish line is just like the start line of the next one for me. Just kind of conti- continue on. I I don't think I can answer this yet because I haven't made it to that first finish line yet. I think I think what will happen is if I can get myself up to 21 kilometers, which is the goal, then I'll be like, well, if I did, like I know myself, I just go, I mean, you guys know, I ran twice for 15 minutes, two times. I went, I'm going to sign up for a half marathon. So <laughs> I think I know myself enough to be like, if I do a decent job at this half, I'll I'll be signing up for a marathon. I just yes, know myself. Yes, you heard it here first. This is a surgeon can scoop. It's, it's not, maybe. <laughs> um, or if I die at the half marathon, then I obviously will not be. I just, I don't know. I know a lot of people are like, I that run a half, they're like, never again. That's the most I'll do. I'm kind of like. It's a huge accomplishment though. Of course. Uh, massive. Because I haven't done it yet. So it's yeah. massive. But I do, there's just something about my dad. Maybe it's because my dad, like I grew up with him running marathons. That it's just like. Mm. And there's something like, what, less than 1% of the world has done it. Like, there's just, like, always been this, like, idea in my head that I would run a marathon eventually. So why not do it now when I'm already training and I'm young? My issue is we end, what, my half marathon's in October. I hate treadmill running. I won't do it. I just stop because I'm not running towards anything. And I don't. Cold weather gear. Like, actually, and I won't slip and die on ice. Nah, you'll be good. So if I can run through the winter, then I think it's a possibility. But I also don't want my... Are you enjoying yourself during the training right now? Yeah, it, it ebbs and flows. I've been injured. I now have a physiotherapist, so she's great. Um, and she's been helping me, which is awesome. And I like got to watch my running and like how that all works. So I genuinely enjoy it. Like when I had to take five days off, I was like itching to go for a run. And I was jealous of Nolan because he could go run. Yeah. So I know that that means like it ebbs and flows. Like every run, like at the beginning, I feel good. Then I dip a bit and I go, why am I doing this to myself? And then I hit a high... And then I'm sore after, but it's like, I feel good about myself. So it's just getting through those little dips that I'm working on right now. But the answer is probably, I'll probably continue. And no shade if you choose to stop. Like I said, huge accomplishment, figure it out. And then if you, if you never run again, good on you as well. Who knows? I have no idea yet. Yeah. Voicemail question number two, uh, advice for someone going into their first year of college and university. What do we got? Hmm. I'm trying to think if I was going back, if I would do anything differently. My go-to advice would just be to put yourself out there and talk to people. Like, don't be everyone. I mean, I know personally, I was really nervous. I was kind of the only one of my friend group that moved to Toronto. I didn't Mm -hmm. know anyone. Uh, But yeah, just everyone's kind of in the same boat. So talk to people. Maybe you end up being lifelong friends. Maybe you never speak again. But like you'll never know if you're not putting yourself out there. I think, I don't know if this is advice, but my favorite part about going to university was that I got to reinvent myself a little bit. And not even in, in the sense of like creating a new persona, a new like, but I got to be 
the version of myself that I always saw myself was not what everyone back home saw me as. So what happens like when you're in high school, right? Like, especially in a small town, you get like pigeonholed into like your one thing, like what you've always been. When people have grown up with you, it's how you've always been, how they've always have known you. Whereas when you go to university, like no one knew who I was before. So Mm -hmm. I literally like, I'm an outgoing person. I wasn't that outgoing in high school. Like I just wasn't. And I wasn't in certain aspects, but when I went to university, I did that. I was like, I'm going to be, the going one that everyone's friends with and like bubble and put myself out there and like talk to everyone and be friends with everyone and not be afraid to ask questions like that's who I became and that's how I developed a group of friends I have now just because I was that person so I think what's really cool is you can go into university becoming whoever you kind of want to be like if you've always wanted to like try being more outgoing like go ahead like no one sees you as awkward because no one knows you there. So I think that's a really cool opportunity. And how many times in your life do you get to completely reinvent yourself in like a new place? And that's a huge, that's a great point. And that's a huge, like that's maybe the biggest one opportunity you get to reinvent yourself because sometimes you're moving out of your city, but even if you're staying in your hometown to, to go to school, I mean, you could, you could still do that because you're going to be spending so much time with other people. Why exactly. not take the opportunity? It's exactly. a really good one. It's really fun. Um, the last question of voicemail is what's on your bucket list that you will do by the end of the year? I was just talking about this with, uh, my brother and Haley and my sister-in-law and I was like, I kind of think I've knocked off a few. The New York city marathon is really like the, the main, like last goal. Mine is watching the New York city. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a lot of goals to start this year with. A lot of them were just kind of. But this like is me. like bucket list in general, like for your whole life. Oh, that you're I gonna it was knock by off the end of the year. year. Oh, no, but that you will oh, knock off by the I end see, of the year. I see. I think that still is one, though. Yeah, then that would definitely be one because that's one that I've tried to get into. You also for went to Europe. Years. That was a cool one too. Yeah, because I had never traveled to Europe, and that was something that I was gonna do pre-pandemic, and then didn't you have the opportunity to, and then finally went and did. Yeah, true. I don't know. Uh, I had a silly, goofy conversation floating by about maybe going to Australia. In, oh, wow. In you were December. just in a silly, goofy mood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just one of our friends is moving there. And we're just looking at the calendar and we're like, when does it actually make sense? I'm, all, I'm 27 right now. Do I need to be home for Christmas? No, not you really. You go to Australia on Christmas. Well, yeah, because like that's the time that you get the most time off work. What it's about like the a snow? Corporate 95- or the, the uh, pine trees? I'm sorry. <laughs> it is summer in Australia when it's winter here. That's exactly you why them? you go. I would miss them. Oh, I you could mean never what do I miss? Yeah, Christ- yeah, yeah. It's Christmas as of like November 1st in this city. I would still get all of the Christmas joy yeah, each year. <laughs> I can still go to Miracle, that like Christmas bar, and drink my little Santa cocktail <laughs> and still get all the experiences while still going somewhere warm. Good point. Good so point. I don't know. That's just like one that I'm manifesting a little bit out there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What else have I done this year? I feel like this is, I guess, starting the. Like the podcast was the first was something I did this year that was like a bucket list thing to like yeah. start the own branch of my own company. Yeah. Like the first branch of it that's not just me making TikTok videos. Like it was felt like an expansion. So I feel like that's like a good first step. Yeah, hundred percent. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Talking Fast. As always, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, whatever, five stars, all of those things. Uh, and we have new episodes every single Wednesday. Let us know who you want to hear from, what you want to talk about, and we will see you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 